confession. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Now for all of you oldies, oldies, for all of you visitors, this is an oldie but a goodie. I love it. This is what we started with in the beginning, but it is so true. There's a there's a term that came out of World War I, and uh, I was thinking about it the other day because it just came to me as a friend. It didn't make any sense with anything that I was doing, but don't shoot yourself in the foot. And basically, it came out of World War I when they had in boot camp, uh, soldiers were being a little uh, uh, funny with their rifles and all, and some of them uh, shot themselves in the foot. And so they had to have training where they, where they would stop shooting themselves in the foot. It's a good idea. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a good idea. But the expression took on a whole different meaning. It means don't do something stupid that you know is stupid that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, as Forrest Gump said, stupid is as stupid does. And, and so, in other words, if you know you're not supposed to be doing it, don't keep doing it. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. And uh, so this scripture, or this saying, I felt, felt like the Lord gave it to me. It goes right along with it. The Word of God is extremely simple. Even Jerry Nichols can get it. This... <laughs> We gotta, we gotta pray for Jerry. Jerry is healed by the stripes of Jesus, but he went to the hospital recently because his heart was racing. When I first heard the word, my, my first response was this. If his heart is racing as fast as his mind races, he's in trouble. <laughs> but he is healed. Father, we thank you Jerry is healed by the stripes of Jesus. No weapon formed against him will prosper. We need his humor around for a long time. In Jesus' name. How many of you need healing in your body? Lift your hand really, really high. Now, believers, look around. There are a lot of hands raised. Reach your hand out there. Lay it on that individual. And let's begin to pray. Because we have the victory through Jesus Christ. It is ours. We rebuke sickness, disease. We rebuke any report that is contrary to the will of God. And we declare healing into every single person that needs it. We declare it. We decree it. The woman with the issue of blood knew she would be healed by touching the hem of the garment. The hem of the garment is here. Jesus is here. The power of the Holy Spirit is here. And we speak healing into everybody in the name of Jesus. We declare the Word of God over your life. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We declare it. We decree it. In Jesus' name, you are healed. And we speak it forth now. And everybody that agreed said, let's all say this together. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And therefore, we're going to speak what the Word of God says here because it is so true. Let's say it. The Word of God is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's just that simple. Now tell him, don't shoot yourself in the foot. You can all be seated. If you have your Bibles, you can turn it to the book of Matthew 28. We're going to be starting there. And I, I really believe the more that... Do we have a picture of the building? Uh, the building, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, see if you find the building, put it up. We're going to pray. I'll share it with you in just a moment. But we're going to go to Matthew chapter 28. 
that is talking about the authority that God has given us because we have been placed on this earth to fulfill our God-given destiny and to walk in authority. I couldn't get this building out of my heart this morning. I didn't want to say anything about it because I don't know anything about it, but I do want to pray about it. Does that make sense? That sounded like a lot of double talk, didn't it? If they find it, we'll put it up there. If not, but what, what happens many times is that we, we, we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, and we know we shouldn't be doing it, and we keep doing it, and we wonder why things aren't working out. Can I see the hands of all the people you have experienced that in your own life? In other words, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you, you keep doing it, and you know you shouldn't be doing it, and that's right. Forget about the building, we'll come back to it later, okay? That, forget about the building, we'll come back to it later. Give all of our PowerPoint people and everything a hand back there. Because I want to get back to shooting yourself in the foot, okay? Uh, we shouldn't shoot ourselves in the foot. But when I was praying about this, I just started surfing on the Internet, and uh, I, I found something that I, that I wanted to share with you. I am locked up in old. Uh, and when I say old, the 50s music, uh, stuff that used to come back in you know, the 40s and the 50s and things like this, uh, I love the Three Stooges. How, how, many of you, uh, how many of you are Three Stooges fans? Can I say, oh, my goodness, you're in the right place today. I, I, I love the Three Stooges because uh, the, the, so much of it really makes sense of what they do. Turn to your neighbor and say, we should never be fearful about anything. A matter of fact, before we show this little video, let me, let me just give you an example of the entire message right now. Let me see the hands of all the people. You know that you have the victory and that you should, and you, you're placed on this earth with God's authority and you should never be fearful about anything. Would you all raise your hands? Now, everybody look around. Look around. Oh, glory to God. Let's all say it. We know the truth. We know the truth. Okay. Let me see the hands of all the people. You become fearful from time to time, and you know you shouldn't. May I see all of your hands? Well, as Forrest Gump said, stupid is as stupid does. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Let's bring the house lights down. Let's see what the three stooges are up to. They ran away. Yeah, I give up. I surrender. What's the matter with you? I'm scared. You coward. What are you scared of? <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. You stand guard while we press the joints. Me? You. Me? I'll lead the way. Go ahead. I love Curly. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. Why should I be afraid? Babies are afraid. I'm no baby. How could anything happen? I'm not scared. 
Is she pretty? I mean, where is she? Come on, show me. Go on. Okay, let's give the Lord a hand for whatever it is. It's a little silly, I know, but, uh, but you know, how many times do we shoot ourselves in the proverbial foot by doing something that we really and truly knew wasn't the thing we should be doing? Or we keep doing something that we know we shouldn't be doing. Uh, fear is of the enemy. Uh, the faith is what God has given us, and He's given us authority. And so we've give, we have everything that we have need of to accomplish God's plan. Now let's look in Matthew 28, because all, all authority has been, this is what Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. In other words, Jesus is with us. Where is He? He is in us through the power of the Holy Spirit in our bodies. When our spirit man is alive and born again, we now have the temple of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus Christ Himself, and He is with us. And all authority had been given to Him, and I will be with you. So therefore, all authority is His, and through His delegation, we have all authority based on the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I have everything I have need of, and so do you. Let's all say, I have all authority. Tell your neighbor, you have all authority. So now we release our faith in the authority that we have been given by Jesus Christ, and we walk with that authority. It is the same plan and the same principle that God had when He made man. He made man in the image of Himself, and He, he gave man Eve. And if you understand how this works, it'll change your life. I guarantee it'll change your life. Our military does a great job of this. Our schools do a horrible job. Our universities do a horrible job. Our military does a great job. You must, in order to have authority, be able to submit to authority. If you can submit to authority, you can handle authority. But if you can't submit to authority, you will never have authority. So there's a submission to authority to walk in the authority that God has given us. And you'll understand this as we progress along with this message. People rejoice when they have authority in, 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 and understand the authority that they have. When the, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. That's not just talking about government. That's talking about people in general, businesses, corporations, families, PTA, schools, colleges, all of those types of things. Interesting that in America, most of our early institutions were Christ-centered universities, Harvard, Yale, all of the Ivy League schools. 
furthest thing from that today that could ever be because of what the devil has done, bringing deceit and lies in there. But we have the authority. We have the power. Now, here's what happened, and this is what's happening in the world today. This is what's happening in the church today. Adam had that power and that authority. He was given, and this is not a, 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 a teaching about women, okay? So all of you women, just say, I love the pastor, okay? <laughs> but it is historic. Adam had the authority, and he was under God's authority, and God gave him an instruction, an instruction. And Eve knew and had the same message. But Eve was tempted by the devil. She was under Adam's authority. And Adam didn't pay attention. And obviously the devil was let into the garden. And Eve is tempted by the devil. And the devil comes and says, did God really say? Now, how many of you have seen in the world today, there's a watering down of the word of God. Well, now, we live in a different time frame, and, you know, we have all of these words, buzzwords, buzzwords, I'm not going to use any of them, that are out there that the minute you hear it, you let your spiritual ears go up. Uh-uh, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. We have authority, but if we don't submit to authority, we will be influenced by ungodly things that cannot have authority in our life unless we allow the influence to become the authority. And Eve was tempted by the devil when he said, did God really say? And she began to dialogue with the devil. And then eventually she gave in to the influence that was coming her way. She succumbed to an ungodly influence. Can I see the fans of all the people? You know people who have succumbed to an ungodly influence. We need to use our authority in their lives to break that influence off of their lives, and we're going to show how to do it in just a moment. And so she, she succumbed to it. I don't believe that at that moment the fall of man was complete at all. I believe there has been a mistake made by Eve who was called and made to come alongside Adam. I believe Adam was the total authority figure. And she came to Adam with something that contradicted the Word of God. And she began to influence Adam. And Adam, instead of being under the authority of God, listened to the influence that contradicted God. Can I see the hands of all the people you have listened to an influence that contradicted the Word of God and got in trouble? Probably all of us. And he entertained that influence. I don't know what was going on. He might have just said, hey, Eve, okay, whatever, give me a bite. Uh, you know, who, who knows how it went. But all I do know is this. Adam did not understand and live the principle of being in authority and being under authority. He was told not to do what he did. He shot himself in the foot. Eve shot herself in the foot, and the fall of man came. And what happened was they didn't exercise their God-given authority. So let's all say it. I have authority. And if we understand how to use this authority, then we can walk in a dimension of life that will take that authority and let it flow out from us. <clears throat> Pam and I, uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16, by the way. Uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to talk about one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, I believe, concerning authority. And it's the Roman centurion. 
And we use this scripture a lot uh, in regard to healing, and we very well should. It's, it's the story about the Roman centurion who said, Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. You just say a word and my servant will be healed. And, uh, and Jesus went on to describe, I haven't seen this great a faith in all of Israel. But what he was talking about and what the Roman centurion was talking about, this, this, this scripture, what we're about to read, is about authority. It's about understanding authority, and it's about being under authority. And this is what Jesus responded to when he said at the end of it, I haven't seen this great of, of, of faith in all of Israel. I haven't seen this great of faith anywhere. Because he was saying, this Roman centurion, who was not even of the faith, has the faith because he understands authority. Tell your neighbor, we need to understand authority. And this is what and, and how the scripture goes here in Matthew chapter 8. Got it back up there. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him and he pleaded with Jesus. His servant was dying. And he said, Lord, my servant is dying. He's paralyzed. He's, he's dreadfully tormented. And uh, uh, Jesus said, I'll come. I'll come and I'll heal him. And, and the Roman centurion said, no, Jesus, you don't need to do that. You, you don't need to come. I'm really not worthy for you to come into my home. However, if you would just say a word, my servant will be healed. And then he goes on to say, I understand authority. I am a Roman centurion under authority. And I am a Roman centurion in authority. And I say to some, come, and they come, and go, and they go. And whatever I say, that's the way it's going to be. I understand how authority operates. You say a word, and my servant will be healed. And then Jesus heard it. He marveled. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found this great a faith in all of Israel. What was he referring to? The Roman centurion understood that if Jesus, who walked in authority and he had observed Jesus' authority, said a word, it would be done. Where does Jesus live today? He lives in each and every one of us. Turn to your name and tell him, he lives in you. And therefore, whatever we say in accordance with the word of God and the will of God is established as authority on this earth. There are a lot of people today who don't, I'm talking about people in the body of Christ today, who don't want to walk with their authority because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Folks, we're not in a popularity contest. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you are not in a popularity contest. We are on this earth to set captives free, to open the eyes of the blind, and to open the prison doors and let people out. And that we are here to speak forth as an oracle of Almighty God and let it flow and let it go. The two most important things in our life should be this. Number one, am I living the Word of God? And number two, am I being led by the Holy Spirit? I can't tell you how many times. I don't counsel many people. It's not that I don't counsel many people. No, nobody comes to me for counseling. <laughs> because now you visitors won't have any idea what I'm talking about. But, but those around the church, it's like some of the, one of the dumbest things I know is when you talk to somebody in counseling and they tell you what they're doing wrong and they say, do you know what you should do right? And they say, yes, I do. And say, so you're going to do it. Well, I know I don't think so. That's the dumbest person I've ever met. Somebody that knows they should do something differently than what they're doing it and they keep doing it. And we are a Christian and we have the victory. Everybody say, I have the victory. 
If we have the victory, we are going to live the Word of God and be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we're not, then our authority is going to go the same way Adam and Eve's authority went. They gave authority over their lives to the devil. And when you contradict the Word of God and you contradict the leading of the Holy Spirit, you are giving the influence of the enemy authority in your life. And you're letting them rule in your life. Authority means to have dominion, to rule, to influence. And so, therefore, we give it, we, we do something we know is wrong, and we do it. I, <clears throat> turn to your neighbor and say, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> we do something that we know is wrong, and we do it, and then we get the response from that, and then we wonder what is going on. Now, in Matthew, it's, it's in uh, Matthew chapter uh, uh, 16 is where we're going to go next. Uh, when Pam and I first got to Tulsa, uh, Pam, had, I, I, I'm sure I've shared this somewhere along the line in, in my sharing over the years, but when Pam and I first got to Tulsa, uh, Pam had walked with the Lord a lot longer than I had, and uh, uh, she still married me. I'm, so, I'm glad you did. I really did. I, I, now, I, I mean this sincerely. I mean this sincerely. I was new, newly born again. I didn't, didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the time. She took a big chance with me. And, uh, but, but my wife was a tremendous influence in my life. I, I do not mind telling you how much I really gleaned from my wife when I first got married. Some of it I didn't understand. I, thought she, I love her. I think this is awesome. She is weird, but that's all right. <laughs> but, but there's a couple of things. But we had just moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and it was our fo first social event. Uh, people had invited us to their home. We didn't have any friends out there. We're new in the church and all, and we're sitting there with these people and in and, and real nice home and uh, sitting at actually kind of a bar in the house. And this lady is telling uh, us at the conversation she's divorcing her husband because she's called into full-time ministry and, uh, and uh, he's not really in, into the things of God, and so he's going to divorce her and move on. God is showing her what to do. And my wife pipes up and says, God is not mocked. And uh, basically told the lady that she was full of crap uh, <laughs> in different words. And the lady who was sitting at this bar jumped up, screamed, shrieked, and took off running down the ha uh, uh, hallway, ran into a bedroom, and, ran and jumped under the bed. The people are looking at us. I don't know what to think. I thought, this is an interesting thought to a new social event. And uh, finally, the lady, do you remember the story? You, you, you remember? The, the, finally, not the lady. The lady never came out from shrieking under the bed. The lady who was there at the house entertaining us, she came back and she says, I think it would be a good idea if you folks left. And I thought, this is a really interesting way to start our first uh, social event in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My wife, now, I didn't understand it. I truly did not understand it. My wife heard a demonic spirit, totally deceived, speaking forth. And she brought the word of God on the scene. Hey, God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. Aren't those the words? little discussion took place, but you didn't back down. Why didn't you back down? Because you might have offended her. Why didn't you back down? Didn't you care what she thought about you? 
no, I cared that she be free. Therefore, that wasn't. Is that not on? Turn that on. Because this is really important. Yeah. This is where we need. Got it? They can't do it. We have to do it this way. <laughs> what? Why? Why? Why didn't you? Aren't you glad I'm the one married to him? <laughs> why? Me too. Uh, why? I just trying to get the microphone to work. Why? Uh, why? Why? Why didn't she care what she thought? Because it was a spirit. It was a spirit, and it was speaking to all those people that you can dis divorce somebody because you want to be in ministry. And I knew it was a lie. So I first talked to her. I didn't just say, God is not my... I began to speak to her about the word. And the more I spoke about the word, the more upset she got. And I spoke that scripture, God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. And with that, she screamed. She could have been set free if she had just stood there a few more minutes. God would have set her free. But she chose to go run under the bed. And the people there chose to let her stay under a bed, which meant under the authority of the devil. And we left. But we were thrown out. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did let leave. But let me tell you this. She didn't care what anybody thought. She knew what was in her spirit to set that lady free. And, and listen to this. That lady have no idea what happened to her, but she could never outrun the words that went into her spirit that tried to set her free and really riled up that devil. That's the power and the authority that you have. And a lot of times we'll hear a message like this and we get all charged up and I'm going to do it. And you go out there and do it and boy, somebody meets you head on. And they tell you, I don't like you. You don't understand. You don't understand what I'm going for. And then we back down and we shrink down by fear, what's called fear of man, that we back away from the very thing that would set them free. I believe that lady got set free somewhere down the line. I believe that word that would never return void in her continued to be in her until she got set free so she could go on. Every single one of us have had a situation like that in our lives. Something that either has applied to somebody else that we were trying to do or something that really was ourselves that we couldn't un outrun the word that was spoken over us that eventually bore the fruit that we had. Now you have that authority. And in Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to paraphrase some of that. They're going to put this actual scripture up there for you. But in Matthew chapter 16, it starts out in verse number 13. Jesus said to Peter, who do, who do men say that I am? And it says the other disciples. And Peter responded and said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood, Peter, hasn't revealed that to you. My spirit, my father has revealed that to you. He knew who Jesus was. And he said, I am going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you see the word keys, it means authority. It means authority. I'm giving you the authority authority to the kingdom of heaven. And that authority is going to give you the ability on this earth and in the heavenlies to bind and loose the power of God. And you can bind the power of the enemy and you can loose the power of God. What you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. What you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies. In the heavenlies is where the warfare is. 
and the devil is trying to bring that warfare down on earth to captivate the people, just as he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. But God is at work through the power of the Holy Spirit and through His Word, giving us the ability to be mobilized as a body of believers to take the authority of Almighty God into this world. I'm going to diverse for just a moment. How many of you saw the prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C. on the Internet? I encourage all of you to watch that. I tell you what, no matter what you think about the tweets or the verbiage of our president, for the president of the United States to sit there and say, we're putting prayer back in the public schools. We're taking care of the unborn. We're taking care. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. He is catching demonic flack like we can't imagine. Demonic flack. He has said, we are going to come to the rescue of the unborn. He, is, he has proclaimed and he has done it. He has proclaimed and he has done it. A lot of people say, I wouldn't say the words that he probably is saying. I understand that. Not that I wouldn't have said them. Uh, but I do understand. I understand that. I understand that. But we are involved in this nation in tremendous spiritual warfare. I believe with all of my heart, God is not done with America. I believe this is the bright light to a world, America, and a God is turning things around in this nation and into the world. But we've got to be part of it. You're, let, tell your neighbor, you're part of this army. You're part of this last day army. And God wants you in your position of authority, under authority, but in authority, under the authority of the Word of God, under the authority of the leading of the Holy Spirit, and moving forth as God shows us. And that what you bind will be bound in heaven. What you loose will be loosed in heaven. And that we have the power to bind and loose. And this is what sometimes, and I know Pam has shared things before, but sometimes, you know, I'll be watching, usually Fox News, I'll be watching and I'll hear something and it contradicts the Word of God. And they're portraying it as truth or on CNN or somewhere else, which I hardly ever watch. But when I hear it, I bind it immediately. I have the power and the authority and the dominion to bind the Antichrist. So do you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have that power. You can't bind what you don't know. If you are just being led by just day by day by day activity and not really plugged into where we are and you don't realize we're involved in warfare and God needs me to fulfill my role. You may be the only person the Holy Spirit can get through to to say, you need to bind this right now and you need to loose this right now. When we understand that power, that authority, authority, that dominion that we have, it puts you on a whole different scale. You want to know what's going on. No soldier, no Air Force guy, no Marine, no Coast Guard guy or Navy guy is going to be in warfare just going through the motions. He's going to be looking at his orders. What are we doing right now? We're taking this front over here, and you need to speak this over here, and this is the weapon I want you to use over here. It's not taking the Word of God and beating people over the head with it. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you do it, but you don't just sit back and think somebody else is going to take care of it. The only reason the Garden of Eden fell was because the people God had assigned to be the warriors fell asleep. Eve fell asleep on her post. Adam fell asleep on his post. They shot themselves in the foot because they didn't know what they knew to do. God does not hold you accountable to do something you don't know. God shows you what to do and then holds you accountable. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can do anything God tells me to do. 
And if you understand that, it'll, it'll, it'll really, really set you free. Now, I got a couple more uh, scriptures I want to I give to you here, but uh, I'll tell you, one of the most tenacious people that, that I, ever, I ever was around, my wife is one of them, but uh, was, was uh, Pastor uh, Sharon Doherty uh, out there in Tulsa. And uh, uh, about a year or two ago, they called me. Sharon, forgive me for sharing this like I am, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> Uh, about a year or two ago, they called me from Tulsa. I was invited to go to Israel uh, for uh, all expenses paid, a uh, five-star hotel uh, to support Israel as part of Christian United for Israel. didn't take me long to pray about that. And uh, so, so anyway, I went. But then I got another call, and it was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they said, Sharon's going on this trip. I couldn't take Pam. It was only one ticket. And, uh, uh, and uh, Sharon was going on this trip, too. And they said, Sharon needs somebody to take care of her because uh, she doesn't get places on time, and we want to know if you'll do that. And without thinking, which I should have, and prayed, which I should have, I said, oh, yeah, sure, I'll take care of that. Well, that was more interesting than I ever imagined, uh, getting her on time. But, but anyway, that, that's not the gist of the story. The gist of the story is she's a very bold lady. And we're coming back to America. We're not together in the plane, but we're on the same plane. Coming together in America, and they said, make sure she gets from JFK to Idlewild. That's where we're flying out of, coming back home. She just also me to Indianapolis. I said, okay. So we get in the taxi cab with uh, uh, Mohammed somebody, and most of them are named Mohammed. And uh, I don't mean that as despairingly. I just meant his name is Mohammed. And, uh, and, and he was uh, uh, Islamic. And uh, uh, so she's in the back seat, and I'm... I, actually, I guess we're both in the backseat, and she's telling them all about Jesus on the way over there, and he's not buying any of it. And so we finally get there to Idlewild, the place is packed out, cabs everywhere, and, and we're in the backseat, and, uh, and she says, I, I want you to receive Jesus right now. She says, I'm not going to. And she says, yes, you are. And he says, <laughs> he says I'm not going to receive Jesus. And she says, well, I'm not getting out of the cab. And he says, lady, you got to get out of the cab. He said, I'm not getting out. Cars are behind us, starting to honk. This guy, I can tell he's getting mad. I'm thinking, I hope he doesn't have a gun. And, and, uh, and he's getting angry, and she's not moving. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I, I, I don't want to negate her faith, but she's not moving. And uh, so I just sat there and said, lady, get out of the cab. She says, I'm not moving until you receive Jesus. And that's final. And finally, he turned around and just had this look on his face. And then finally, his whole expression changed. Okay, what do I have to do? <laughs> she led him in the confession. We got out of the cab. Bam, he takes off. We're walking across there, and she said, Bill, I don't know if he meant it or not, but that's between him and God. At least he said it. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that, that is one strong lady. He did make the confession. I think God wants us to have that tenacity of strength and faith in our authority that we're not going to be concerned about what people think. Now, here's where the average person lives. You've got three parts to your life. Number one, God is in charge. You're totally submitted to God, totally submitted to the Trinity, totally serving God with the authority of God in your life, the leading of the Holy Spirit, Jesus of Nazareth and the Word of God, that is your source for everything. Number two, you're one of those self-people. It's all about you. See, in, in, in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says that if we're living our life in authority to God, 
under his authority and in authority, you submit to God, you resist the devil, he'll always flee. He'll not stop attacking, but he'll flee. He'll run away from you every time you meet him with the word of God. He'll flee from you. James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. But if you're, ah, come see, come saw, you can't tell me what to do. I don't care about going to church. I don't care that much about reading the Word of God. I don't care that much about being led by the Holy Spirit. Things are going pretty good for me. I, I make my own decisions. I'm, I'm more of a self-seeking person. James 3.16. Self-seeking people. Where there's a self-seeking person, they will have confusion and every evil work. Some of the most confused people I know are people that by the world standards have success, but by God's standards, they have confusion. They have a strife-ridden mind. They're not happy with life. Word of God says that when we are a self-seeking person, we open the door to the devil. Now, this is what I want you to understand. When you don't do what God tells you to do, when you become a self-seeking person, God doesn't come down and get you. God loves you. You open the door to the devil. And he comes in, and he gets you, and he gets your kids. And there are a lot of people today that are in that self-seeking mode. And then the third thing is those people who have really given in to the devil. I mean, they have just absolutely given in to the devil, and you know who they are. They're out there running and gunning and doing things they shouldn't be doing. Those are the people we're called to rescue. Those are the people we're called to insert the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's something that is inherent with most people. I fight it. I fight it. I fight a faith in my life, uh, wh whether you would believe it or not. But it's, it's in uh, 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 Psalms, uh, Proverbs uh, 29. Um, uh, just lost the scripture. I had it earlier. Uh, 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 29, 25, yeah. Uh, 20, 29, 20. That, thank, whoa, give our PowerPoint girl a hand. She's, she's way ahead of me. <clears throat> uh, that when, when you care about other people, that fear of man is a snare. What will somebody think about me or say about me if I say this or do this? Uh, I don't, I don't want to upset anybody. So what happens is you start thinking about how other people will react instead of how you want them, how God wants them to be. And that's so important that you understand this. Uh, God, God has given us authority and power and dominion in our lives. I remember years ago, God is a good God. Everybody say, God's a good God. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's never going to get you. He's never going to get you. Years ago, uh, we, we've raised six children. Uh, Pam had three. I had three. And uh, um, the, the one I'm going to tell you about, I'm not going to use his name, but it's not John. It's not John. Okay, it's not John. But uh, years ago out in Tulsa, we were there, and, and we had one child. He's a, a boy. And uh, that pretty much gave it away, didn't it? Well, no, we had, we had all the boys with us at one time. One skated away in the middle. Oh, our life is unbelievable. One skated away in the middle of the night to the interstate and got a truck driver to bring him back to Lafayette. And, uh, that's way off the subject. But anyway, this one time we came home, and, and I'm trying to be a good dad and, and teach, you know, things. And I could probably get a little overbearing from time to time, uh, especially uh, compared to Pam. Pam is a mom. How many of you realize moms and dads have different roles? And, I, and uh, I thought my role was to beat those kids into submission. No, not really. <laughs> not, not really. That's what I felt like doing sometimes. But uh, 
But we came home this one time, and uh, uh, the, the whole kitchen was sulfur. It's like, wow, what is this? And uh, only one kid is home, and uh, this guy, and, and he's in the fourth grade, I think, at the time. We just moved there. And, and uh, I said, hey, have you been lighting? I, I knew that he liked to light matches. And, uh, and, and uh, I said, you've been lighting matches? No, no, not me. Somebody's been lighting matches. No, not me, not me. So I looked all around and finally went to the trash can. I found all sorts of mats, just matches everywhere. Those big, long, uh, you know, you light fireplaces with? Uh, matches everywhere. I said, did you do this? No. You didn't do it? No. I knew he did it. So I knew... I needed to make an example of him somehow to get through to him. I just stared up. I said, I know you did it. You can't lie to me. Ah, I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> he just broke. Just broke. I did it. I did it. I did it. I said, okay. What shall we do? I don't know. I don't know. Tell me what it should do. Spank me! Spank me! Spank me! Okay. <laughs> How many times? Two! 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 I have no idea where that came from. Two! Two! Okay. Had a little board that Pam used to cut meat on and spank him with. And uh, before, before I came along, I said, okay. Come on over here, bend over. I gave him two swats, hugged him, told him how much I loved him. I said, don't lie again. If you do something wrong, come to me, tell me, but don't lie. Okay. I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. Never, ever do it again. <laughs> then he sits there, and he gets himself all composed, and he said, he starts thinking. I can see it. What would you have done if I said, don't do anything to me, don't spank me? I said, oh, I wouldn't have spanked you. <laughs> His mouth dropped open. He said, "You wouldn't, would you?" I said, "No. I was going to put you in charge and let you determine what it should be." To this day, we sometimes talk about that. I was going to let him set it. God will let you set the course for your life. He really will, and He's got a great plan. Turn your neighbor. He's got a great plan for your life. Whether you light matches or not, He loves you. <laughs> It would be best if you didn't light matches. It would be best if you didn't shoot yourself in the foot. It would be best if you took his word and said, as it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me power, love, and sound mind. He wants you to live in 1 John chapter 4. It says that love is a powerful force and that where love is, it has been perfected. Love has been perfected in us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is in this world, so are we. Let's all say it. As he is, as he is so, are we. so are we. Then it goes on to say, Love, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you struggle with fear, 
It's because of a lack of love in your life. Don't let the devil bring fear into your life. Now, I know this is hard for somebody, but all fear is demonic in root. If you study what happened in the Bible, and it really fits right in with what happened with our son, I'm not going to say it, Matt, because then you'll know who it is. <laughs> but if you study what happened in the Bible, when Adam and Eve missed it, they didn't run to God, they ran from God. And why did they run from God? When he finally found them, Adam said, we were afraid. We were afraid. It is the first place in Scripture that you find fear. They were afraid of the very person that could save them. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but this is what I believe. I believe if Adam and Eve hadn't run from God and they'd run to God, I think the whole future of the world would have been different. But they ran from God. The Adam response is the response of many people today. I really screwed up badly. I feel horrible about myself. I'm going to run away from God. I'm not going to church anymore because I feel convicted. I'm going to stay out there. And then the body of Christ, the believer, who says, well, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself, so I'm not going to try to get you to do what I know you should be doing. I'll just let you keep doing what you're doing. That's not much of a warfare mentality. The warfare mentality is, I know what you're doing. It's wrong. I love you. This is what you need to do, and I'm going to help you do it, and I'm going to reach out to you. And if they'll take your hand, great. And if not, at least you did what you needed to do, and you planted the power of the Word of God. But when you withhold the power of the Word of God from putting it into somebody's life, you are helping enable them to continue to be what God has called them to be. And don't feel bad about bringing a word into somebody's life that convicts them. That's our job. That's our job. Condemnation is from the devil. Conviction is the delivery mechanism of God's love, saying you're going the wrong direction. I love you. I love you. I love you. I don't want to punish you. I love you, but I want you to have the answer to what God has given you. Does that make sense? Let's all stand to our feet. I believe God has great plan, great potential for each and every one of us. <clears throat> this whole message can be summed up in, uh, in one simple scripture. And it's in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12. And it says, Present your body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And that that definition up there is what your mind should look like. <clears throat> A sound mind in the Greek means this, to have good judgment, disciplined thought patterns, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the quality of self-control and self-discipline. I know this for a fact. When I am submitted to the Word of God, and when I am being led by the Holy Spirit, no matter what anybody else thinks, 
I know I have that manifest in my life. I feel that confidence. I feel that good judgment. I feel that self-control. I feel that ability to say, God, if it's just you and me, we're okay. I'm moving on. I understand the importance of a renewed mind. The devil is doing everything that he can to torment your mind. He's waiting outside this door to try to torment you more. But you have the authority and the power and the dominion to bind and loose the devil off of your life. So let's all say this right now. I bind the devil and powers and principalities. I have the mind of Christ. I live the Word. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, no weapon formed against me or my family will prosper. I may see it, but it will not prosper because I have authority. I have power. I have dominion. I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm in war. And I'm winning this war because God is leading me. God is guiding me. How many of you believe that? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? One of the most important decisions you will ever make is to know that your destination is heaven. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the moment. If you're here today and you've wandered away from the Lord, you're like that prodigal child, you know you've taken the wrong step, the wrong direction. Don't let another moment go by. God loves you, but he's calling you back. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I, I know my life is not where it should be with the Lord. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. Father, you know every person that's here today. I see your hand. I see your hand here. Other others, you say, pray for me. Yes, I see your hand. Others, you say, I, I know my life is not right. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you know your life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to come down here at the altar. Young lady here, over here on this side. Give them a hand as they come. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you know you need to be down here. God has a special plan for your life. And God has a special plan for your life. And everything that you've ever been through, He's going to turn around and use it for good and strengthen you. Stretch your hands out here. Father, I thank you for these two ladies. I thank you, Lord, that the plan and the purpose that you have for their life is never changed. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to lead and guide and direct them. We're going to pray with you as we pray this prayer right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I made mistakes. But I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart, take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you call me to be. Father, I thank you for these ladies. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
somebody going to pray for you right behind you, right here. Now, before we leave, I want to pray for all of you that you will understand that fear is not part of your covenant. How many of you know that you experience fear in your life? Can I see your hand? It's probably all of us. But if you'll get into a habit, a disciplined habit of rebuking it every time it comes, you hear me say that, you know, I don't fear anything. I don't fear anything. I don't. But I feel fear. I know fear. I understand it. I recognize it. I feel it. It's like, I hate you. I'm rebuking you in Jesus' name. The first thing is not to entertain it and start to describe it. Rebuke it in the, mid, in the middle of, of it coming to you so that we rebuke fear. We bind it and we cast it down. I would say, I walk by faith and not by sight. So let's all say this. I rebuke fear because it's from the devil. I lose faith. I lose authority. I lose the power of God and the love of God because I have no fear. I have power. I have soundness of mind. Therefore, this issue is settled. Can you say amen? Now, one more thing. For all of you visitors, we have a new supply of books that are in, and all of you in this church. Uh, we have gone through, uh, in the first five months, I believe, uh, uh, maybe five or six, a thousand books. Uh, you can't call it a best-selling book because we're giving it away. So we're going to call it a best-read book. But this is, what, this is the reason I'm promoting it. I, I, I believe God wrote the book. And I believe he showed me how to do it. But I don't believe it. I don't want any credit. God wrote this book. I'm encouraging all of you. They're in the bookstore right now. We have a thousand new copies in there. Take as many as you need, but make sure they don't end up in the trunk of your car. Make sure you're giving these away to people that will change their lives. The response, all the glory to God. The response has been excellent on this book and really helping people. I encourage you to get as many copies as you need. God gets all of the glory. But help yourself to these books. Uh, we've had some great response uh, to them. Now, we're going to go out of here with our confession because, let's all say, I have the victory. So therefore, we say, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, as a good warrior, I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I know without a doubt my labor is not in vain. Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Have an awesome, wonderful rest of the day.